Amen and amen. Good morning, everyone. My name is Red Sevilla. I'm the director of New Life CDC, the Community Development Corporation here at New Life, whose mission is to come alongside the poor in this neighborhood. And if you notice in your bulletin, Rich's name is on there. And I'm not rich. So I got a text yesterday uh, indicating that he's sick. So please continue to pray for him, and many of you have. And then I also got an email that Pete is out in California on a speaking engagement, and he suffered a, a bike injury. Um, minor, so he's re recovering. And then last night, my boy Manny Pacquiao lost this boxing fight of the century. And just yesterday was such a day of sadness for me. You know, and, um, but it's okay to be sad. Because even in sadness, God is, God is present. And so I was, I was excited to start off the next series we're going to go into, which is called Vital Signs. Um, but even though today is not going to start off that series, I do want to offer just some, some reflections about some of the things that God has been showing me. And for me, it's been, um, it's been fresh bread that I just want to offer to you all. So I'm very excited. So um, you can turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Starting verse 9. And what I'd like to touch on are, are two things. One is a God future. A God future. And then a mustard seed faith. A God future and mustard seed faith. And these, these reflections are really a response to what I hear from, from new lifers when they say, you know what, Red? Um, when, you, when I think about my future, I feel more fear and uncertainty than excitement. When I think about what's before me in college or in a workplace or with my family, there's more anxiety or fear rather than excitement. And when I hear that, there's something that just bubbles up in me, like I just want to burst out with some truth. And I get a chance to share that today. And so if you, if you look at your near future, whether your family or work, and you fear fear and anxiety rather than excitement, God wants to fill you with faith and wants to reveal to you his future. That's so awesome. Every single person in this room who's a follower of Christ has a future so great that it's beyond your imagination. Wow, you guys are excited. Absolutely, you can be excited. And let me put it another way. You have no idea. You have no idea the kind of future that God has for you. No idea. And you know how I know you have no idea? It's because the word says that you have no idea. Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says that no eye has seen no ear has heard and no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. And yet these are the things that God has revealed by his spirit. The things that God has prepared for you, you haven't even seen it yet. And I'll, I'll put it this way. In Ephesians it also says that God is able to do immeasurably more than all you can ask or even imagine. So the adjective that used, that's used to describe what God has for you is immeasurable. 
You can't even fathom it, you can't measure it, you can't contain it, and yet this future is yours. It's been destined. It's yours. And it says that even beyond what you can ask or imagine, this is what God has for you. Woo! I mean, this is... So, if this is you, if this is me, and this is the reach of my petition, my asking, and this is the reach of my imagination, that's just the basement of the kingdom of God. And that kingdom of God is where you're a citizen. You belong to that kingdom. And your destiny, your future, what's before you has been designed, destined, architected in that kingdom meant to birth out in your reality, in your life here. This is, this is yours. Another way of putting it is, the best is always yet to come. Always. And I'll, 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 give, you, I'll give you how this is playing out um, for me. When I was, when I was in middle school, um, I, want to be, I wanted to be a professional vandal. I did some graffiti and I did some artwork and I had a pretty good conscience and so I knew that I couldn't be, do that professionally. And because just the message that I got too was, if you're gonna look for a career, you gotta look in accounting and medicine and law, you know, don't look at doing graffiti full time. And so that's what I did, I went into engineering. And thank God for New Life, because at New Life, because of the monastic and silence and solitude, you are taught and practically trained to note how God is coming to you through your emotions, through the desires, through what you're sensing. And I just sensed that art, art was coming back up. And I took, I took mustard seed kind of faith steps. When I went to my daughter's school, PS229, this was the fate step that I took. I saw a, a mural that was falling, the, 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 the paint was chipping off. And so I said, wow, wouldn't it be great if we worked on that mural? And so I just went to the principal, she didn't know me from Jack, and I said, you know, I'm one of the parents here, would it be helpful if we maybe redid that mural? There was a, this was in like uh, December of 2014. And she says, this is the principal of the school. And so, oh yeah, email me. So in my head, I was like, she's gonna brush me off. That's just code for email me, I'll never respond to you. <laughs> so I emailed her, she responds the next day. She says, why don't you come in and let's have a meeting. So at this point, I'm starting to get nervous. Uh, I don't like going to a principal's office. I don't know about you. <laughs> so I went there, it was a big office, you know, very intimidating. And then we started to talk and she was ready to let me lead this effort to do a mural. I'm so glad she didn't ask me about my experience doing murals because even though I'm able to assemble a team who'll do it, like I've never done it, done it myself. And I don't know, you know, I just, I said, okay. She, so she wrote a letter to the whole school, um, to the students, parents, and teachers indicating that this guy, Red Sevilla, is gonna lead this mural. I started chuckling when I got the, the, the mural, because uh, the, the letter, because who am I? Like, I, I'm laughing. Two weeks later, I get an email from um, somebody who wanted to volunteer at New Life CDC. We get a lot of these emails, um, people want to volunteer, and I said, okay, why don't you come in and we could talk. 
Uh, this guy said that he needed to do co some community service, and then I asked him, why do you have to do some community service? And he said it was court-ordered. And I said, oh, what did you do? And then he said, well, I was doing illegal murals. <laughs> and so he was arrested. And so now he has to do 30 days, not 30 hours, but 30 days worth of community service. And I said, well, I have a project for you. <laughs> so now I get a call from the principal and the principal says, well, I want you to come in and I want you to address the parents and their children at a PTA meeting. And I'm like, what am I doing here? Like, who? I, I go to the PTA, PTA meeting, I get online and there's this line to sign in with the security. The principal sees me and she says, come. She says, come. I skip the line, I go in. And it's that at moment, I realized that this God future was opening up. If, now, if you, if you told me a year ago or five years ago that I would be doing this thing, I wouldn't believe it. Those kind of statements that if you told me dot, 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 I wouldn't believe it. Have you ever said those kind of statements? I told myself whenever I hear that kind of, that kind of talk, I would, I would never say that. I would never say that because I know what's gonna happen. My plan has been strategically documented by me. Like, I know what's gonna happen. But if you told me that I would be doing this mural thing, I wouldn't believe it. My point is that those kind of, if you told me I wouldn't believe it statements, that's meant to be the norm for our lives. Because God's futures for you is, it, we haven't even seen it, dreamt it, thought about it yet, and yet this is what's being blueprinted and designed for you. So obviously there's gonna be a point in your near future when you're gonna say, my goodness, if you told me a year ago I would be doing this, I wouldn't believe you. And yet this is what God opens up for you. It's, it's the same thing with, when you, when, you talk to, when you talk to Rich and we talk like this, we, just, we chuckle. We chuckle at where we're at. Because Rich, there was a prophetic word spoken over him saying that he would be preaching to the nations. And that was when he was in East New York, Brooklyn. Like, that just doesn't connect. And then now he's here at a congregation that has 75 nations preaching. And it's no coincidence that last year he went to the UK, and then in a few weeks he's also going to Brazil. If he would say, if you told me a year ago that I would be preaching to the nations here and then beyond, I wouldn't believe it. And yet, these are the immeasurables that God has prepared for us. This is yours, this is your future. It's yours, it's been destined. The newspaper has been printed. It's been destined that your future is great because your God is good. It's been determined. My question is, God, like how, how, is, this, how is this activated? Like how, is, how does this come? You know, okay, God, I believe 
that what you have for me is immeasurable. I believe that I haven't even seen it yet. Like, how does it, how is it birth, Lord? How does it come? And the answer is faith. Even mustard seed kind of faith is really critical. And I'll describe why faith is really important. Faith is like, faith is like currency that gets transactions going. And I'll put it this way. Remember when the market crashed and housing bubble burst and we entered through the Great Recession, banks were failing, car companies were failing as well. Do you remember what the federal government did? They did a bailout. And what they did was they pumped currency into the system because banks weren't lending and economic transactions ceased. So what the government did was they had to pump currency to be able to generate the kind of activity that's healthy for a city. In the heavenly realms, faith is that currency. And you act on it, and there are these shifts. There are these shifts in the visible world, in the heavenly realms that take place. And we're invited to take these little mustard seed steps of faith that you sense God is calling you to. And that's why that silence and solitude is so key because we just need to be able to carve out space to be able to hear him who's bidding us come. My favorite passage, one of my favorite passages illustrating this is in, Mark, in Matthew 14, starting in 22, when Peter is in a boat. Peter's in a boat with his disciples, um, and the winds come and the waves come and he gets scared and they begin to see a, an image of what they think is a ghost. And in their fear, they speak to this apparition, they speak to this ghost. And they said, Christ, if that's really you, bid me come. So the ghost says, Come. And then what do you do? Like, what do you, what do you do? He steps out and he begins to walk on water. Faith is dumped into the system. Shifts take place. He stands on water. But here's the part that I love. I love the fact that he begins to sink. Because it gives me room to sink and fail. But the beautiful part is when he sinks, Jesus reaches out, and you should read it, Jesus reaches out and catches him. The beautiful part about that is whether you sink or swim or stand, you still get to Jesus. So the point isn't so much the miracle, even though that's who he is and that's part of it. The point is that as you step out, you meet Jesus. And even if you fail and you start to sink, he catches you. And so for you, what, how is he inviting you to come? How is he bidding you to come? And I'll just give two stories on how this is working out for me and maybe um, God speaks to you through it, through it as well. 
The first is something that was one of the more like, I was so nervous and anxious about this event happening, um, but it was so glorious uh, just the same. This past January, there was, an, uh, there was a series of prayer nights, and the last night was supposed to be night of healing. In my personal experience, night of healing means you pray for somebody for healing, and then you say bye. What we as a prayer team sensed was for this night of, of healing, there were two things that were going to happen that are slightly different. The first is that we wanted God to reveal to us those that needed healing beforehand. And then at that space, at that meeting night, we would describe the people, and then they would be invited to stand. That was the first thing, which made many of us nervous because, well, what if you describe this person and nobody stood? What a fool you would look like is what I was fearful of. The second thing was when you pray that night, this is what we were sensing as well. When you pray that night, don't just pray and then let them go. Pray and then wait for God to actually do something or at least give him the space to be able to do it. We had never, I had never done these things, and so I was terrified, I was anxious, I was worried, because what if we prayed and nothing happened? But I just felt like this, you know, come. So that night came, and we talked about God as healer, and as I was finishing just the description about God as heal, a healer, I know I was moving into the prayer time, and the more anxious I got, and it was while I was um, just talking about healing that my right foot begins to throb. And I'm like, God, what is that? And I sense, uh, I sense that as if God was saying, the first person that you should be praying for is somebody with a pain in the right foot. And that I would describe this person and that they're in the room. I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm just going to describe this condition and nobody's going to stand. I'm going to look like a fool, Lord. And it was like, it was like God saying, come. So I said, is there somebody here with a pain in their foot? Thank God somebody said yes. <laughs> and she had a pain in her foot. And so we began to pray. And we said, why don't you walk and see if the pain goes? And she said that as she walked, we prayed for her three times, the pain began to go and her condition improved. And the, short, the, the, the summary of the evening is, there were eight documented beautiful testimonies that we'll be showing in the near future and telling about near future of conditions that significantly improved that night. The prayer team that night, we were so filled with joy because we walked on water because we left room for God to really move. And we were so filled with joy, we were hung over the next morning. And just the last story that um, I just want to share with you guys before we move in communion, this mural thing, like I'm still so confused, like I'm beginning to see that God is equipping us. I was so, I was fearful that 
No, because we had people had to submit designs for the mural. I was fearful that nobody would submit designs. So out of fear, I carved out some time with my daughters and we did arts and crafts and we did a mural. We designed a mural and we submitted it. And it turns out that there were 15 submissions that came in. The students, teachers, and faculty voted on the murals. And guess who's won? Ours won. So here's, the, here's what we did. If you told me years ago that this would surface, I would say no way. Before you are murals that you know nothing of in your lives. You're meant to participate in, you're meant to create, you're meant to lead, and you haven't even seen it yet conceived it yet, heard of it yet, and yet it's yours. It's yours. And you know the little step that I took? I just said, I just went to the principal and said, would it be helpful if? Or that night of prayer, it was, is there somebody here with this kind of condition? And if God doesn't move, so what? He's still good, and he's still faithful, and his word is still true. So why don't you stand with me, and let me pray for you, and let's move into communion. Let's have the worship team come up, and let's have the ushers get ready to serve the bread and also the, the cup. My prayer is that you recognize that you are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven who has designed great and awesome works prepared in advance for you to do, that there's this God future before you, and that may you hear the voice of God in your quiet alone times bidding you come, and may you respond. And in this communion time, may you recall him, his death, his resurrection, and his love for you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for the invitation to come to your table. Give us wisdom, revelation, that we may get to know you more. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Go ahead, the ushers will lead you, and please take the bread and take it back with you, and we will partake together. We stand before you, Lord. On the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it, and he said, take and eat. And he took the cup and he said, drink. And then what he said after that is what we need to never forget. He said, do this in remembrance of me. 
And when you do it, you proclaim my death. You testify what I've done. You remember me. And so, Lord God, here we are. We do this remembering you who loves us so. Go ahead and partake. Thank you, Lord God, for filling us. Thank you, Lord God, for filling every cell in our being. Thank you, Lord God. Here's another faith step of mine that makes me a little uncomfortable saying this, uh, but for me, I'm, I'm taking a faith step as well. For us at New Life, in our near future, there is gonna be more miracles taking place in our midst as our faith increases, as he increases our faith. In our near future at New Life, there will be more healing taking place because of our good God. In our near future at New Life, there will be such a thirst and a hunger increased in us that God futures begin to be birthed in our community. And so at the end of our services, we typically hold our palms up as a way of receiving blessing. And can I be silly with you for a second? So it's, it, hit, it hits me that sometimes I look at the way I posture my hands and it's because sometimes the way you posture your hands is an indication of what you anticipate of receiving. And so sometimes I look at how my posture in my hands and I'm, it's like I'm ready to receive nickels, like crumbs. What if I told you I was gonna start throwing out 60-inch plasma flat-screen TVs? How would you posture your hands then? God's future is bigger than 60-inch TVs. And so only, only if you're comfortable, or if you just wanna kind of play along, Posture your hands, anticipating the kind of God future that God desires to bring and give you. Oh God, see these hands, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord God. May God bless you and keep you. And may his face show, so shine upon you, you can't move because you're so filled. May you be given a mustard seed faith that you act on, that you may walk into your God future. We receive, Lord. In Jesus' name, and everybody said,